Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. Welcome back to another episode of the Agent Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. I've got a guest out in Phoenix today, Jennifer Beatles. Jennifer, welcome. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. Cool. So yeah, like I mentioned kind of before we got started, I wanted to talk, you know, specifically about your story. Um, bring us back to kind of like when you got interested in real estate, when you got starting and all that good stuff. Yeah, gosh, that was over 15 years ago. Um, so I was 21 years old and I had purchased my first home. Um, at the time I was living just north of Seattle, Washington. And um, so I grew up in that area. And yeah, I bought my first home. It was a fixer upper. My plan was to fix up the house, live there for a while, and then eventually tear it down because the lot was zoned multifamily. Back then, I didn't really know what that meant other than there could be some future value add potential. And um, so after completing that transaction, I realized a couple of different things. One is the agent made a to me, a significant amount of money from showing me one house yep. on the transaction. And um, I, I just kind of fell in love with the, uh, I guess, like challenge and creativity of fixing up this property. And so uh, after that, I had actually quit my job, um, got hired on with a developer. Um, and so I was kind of acting as a project manager. We were doing some new construction builds, also some build to rent, small multifamily. And I got my real estate license in May of 2009. I had no intention of selling real estate as an agent. I, I really just wanted a key to get into property so that I could buy them myself um, and essentially use the commission as the down payment. Um, and I think in those, you know, from May to December of that year, I closed um, six transactions, which was actually more than my salary. <laughs> and so I went full-time in 2010 as an agent. And I, because I had all of this knowledge and skills um, related to development, my first five listings were actually new construction projects that I had brought to an investor group and kind of facilitated a development project. Um, so I really just, I, I would say from the get-go, um, saw the opportunity in working with investors and yeah. got my license. And then, um, yeah, I, I used all of my excess commission to just build my own portfolio. Awesome. So, yeah, one thing that I always, you know, say to people when, you know, they're a real estate agent is there's so many benefits of, of working with investors. And so walk me through, like, you're, you're a newly licensed agent. What does it look like to bring, you know, a land development deal to somebody? How did you find the right players? How did you put it together and ultimately you know, everybody wants listings, right? But you didn't, you didn't just get listings. You got new construction, probably high price listings, which is, you know, the pinnacle of what everybody wants. So, so how did you put that together on your own? Um, well, so the, uh, the, the first thing was finding the project. And so, you know, consider the market conditions at this time. Um, there were a lot of, I would say, new construction projects um, that had been started, but the banks had pulled the construction loans. And so they had been started, but they were just kind of sitting there. And so I had networked with an agent that was working with the largest builder at the time 
um, who was un unfortunately at that time losing everything. And so I, I went, his name is Peter. I went to Peter um, with uh, essentially <laughs> no, um, I would say experience um, as, as an agent, uh, at least in this, in this side. And then I had no investors. And I just said, hey, Peter, do you have any projects maybe some small development projects uh, that I could that I could purchase and that I could take on. And he happened to have this one project. It was uh, essentially four foundations in the ground. And he said, you know, my builder friend is losing it. Uh, the bank has, has essentially started the foreclosure process because they pulled the loan from him. And he said, yeah, sure. If you want to, uh, you know, buy this project or put something together, let me know. And so, I, again, I didn't have any investor clients at the time. Um, yep. I, I just called friends and family. Um, I ran the numbers and, you know, saw the income potential and, you know, the profitability of this project and essentially just pooled together friends and family money. And, you know, we executed on that first project and then very shortly after another project down the road. Awesome. Um, so where do things kind of go from there? Yeah, yeah. So from there, that project... Uh, did really, really well. And so these, you know, friends and family said, okay, great. What's, what's next. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, I, you know, again, kind of the early uh, experience as an agent was finding, you know, these kinds of opportunities. Um, construction costs were very low, but there was high demand uh, for this type of product. And um, so we were doing a lot of just kind of spot lot infill lot uh, spec home building. Um, and then also I was introduced to the foreclosure auction. And so in my area, the foreclosure auction was happening every single Friday. And essentially I was bidding on properties for, you know, my friends and family group and also meeting investors at that auction. And so on any given Friday, there were 300 properties coming up for auction. Yep. And I was essentially bidding on those um, and I would earn a commission. So I would charge uh, 3% of the tax assessed value. Um, and it was, it was great. You know, the investor, if we won the bid, they would pay that to my real estate brokerage. And I was able to essentially do a lot of business in that first year as an agent working with investors. Um, I also got connected with an REO agent who had an excess amount of leads. She was listing a lot of the ugly properties. Um, and, and so I was holding investor open houses at these ugly property. Some of the agents were kind of like, why are you doing that? Why are you sitting at these houses that are essentially vacant, have no heat to just let people in? And essentially I was building my investor database. And so, you know, I, I, I looked at that in, in terms of working with investors as an opportunity to earn more income, earn more commission as an agent, because no other agents were doing this in my market. Um, yeah. And then, and then I also saw this as a learning opportunity. So a lot of my early investor clients had multiple rental properties, maybe were, um, you know, flipping homes or also smaller developers. And so I, I saw this as an opportunity to earn more money, but then also learn from them. And so I learned, um, you know, through their strategies and tactics and, um, you know, how they were kind of putting these deals together to then build my own portfolio. Awesome. Now, from that time on, have you been heavily practicing still as an agent? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I, I, I pivoted a little bit um, in 2016. Um, I think at that point I had maybe, oh, uh, 20 or 30 units um, that were cash flowing about 85,000 net, 
uh, about $85,000 a year, but being, you know, with Washington, right. These are high rent properties. Yep. A lot of purchases were made in the early 2000s. So great equity position, but high rent, you know, low mortgages. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I kind of pulled back a little bit from the real estate sales side and focused more on developing my own portfolio. And, um, and so I started investing out of state. Um, so I invested in other markets. I'm now currently in um, seven different states that I own rental properties in. Um, and then I, what, what happened is my investor clients from Seattle said, well, hey, I'd like to follow you. Can I connect with the agents that you're working with in these other markets? And so my business shifted from me working as a real estate agent with my own team in Seattle to me becoming a referral agent connecting my clients who have already, you know, maybe developed a portfolio in Seattle, but wanted some location diversification and yeah. wanted to get maybe in more high cash flow markets. Seattle is very high appreciation, right? Not as much in the cash flow anymore. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I started, you know, connecting my clients with these other agents and other markets. And so now we close about uh, 200 to 250 transactions a year as referral agents. And so, yeah. And, and now, now, of course, I'm living in Phoenix. Um, and not in Seattle any longer. So I'm in a similar market. I'm in Boston. Same deal. High prices, high appreciation, low cash flow. Absolutely. What what markets did you end up going into? What are the seven that you ended up picking and why? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Boise, Idaho is one, uh, kind of the neighbor of <laughs> Seattle, if you will. Uh, great market for appreciation. Um, also uh, pretty decent on cash flow, actually, um, just because the, the rents have gone up substantially because so many people are moving to that market. Um, I'm also in Irving, Texas, uh, which is just outside of Dallas, the Dallas-Fort Worth MSA. Um, also Indianapolis, Western Michigan, a uh, couple of different markets in Tennessee, um, St. Louis. Um, we have some also in, um, oh, what are some of the other markets? Ohio. Um, and then of course, Arizona. Yeah. Um, I think I, I don't think I missed anything there. So, yeah. So, yeah. so pretty much to me, all of those are very similar markets in terms of like prices and rent to price ratio and stuff like that, except for probably Arizona. Yes. Um, yes. Arizona is probably like an in-between between, yes. An Ohio market and you know uh, a Seattle market, but um, yeah. So I mean that that's the common thing. Um, we've got some properties in Jacksonville, Florida, and same type of deal where it's like you know there's it's hard in some markets to cash flow. So what do you do? Yes. You know you have other markets that you could potentially get into. Um, now when you're talking about buying all these properties and the clients, and you have 250 deals a year that you're doing. How many clients are made up in that in that 250? Yeah, not really that many. I would say we're talking maybe 400 clients. Um, yeah. And that's the beauty of working with investors, as you know, Tom, is most investors aren't going to buy one property every seven or five to seven years, like the average homeowner, right? Mm -hmm. Or the home buyer. Um, so most of these investors, when they get into a new market, they want to buy multiple properties or at least maybe one apartment complex. And so, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, they, they want multiple properties and in a market, you know, for efficiency and scalability and things like that. So um, again, I think that's the beauty of as an agent working with investors is you have the ability to work with, I mean, even when I was in Seattle, I would close between 75 to hundred deals a year with probably 25 investors. Yeah. And most of them were buying multiple properties every year. And the thing that I'm thinking about for all of the agents that are listening on this call that 
Like, I mean, the, the difference between your model and the traditional model is insane. Yes. Um, because you can never, you could never close, you know, that many transactions if you are out showing homes every single day. Right. And then, you know, we, we talk about in the, the, the traditional, you know, I, I own a brokerage and I'm a big proponent of, of being an agent. Um, but we talk about in the traditional model, like, Hey, you work with somebody, you work with the buyer and on average, every seven years, they're going to do another deal. And so you've got this like huge period of time where you still have to nurture that person. And maybe they, they buy or sell something in four years. Maybe it's 10 years. Maybe they never do anything else. Right. But you're kind of hoping, whereas like you've got 400 people, I mean, you know, do the math, you know, you've, most of those people are on average, you know, people are buying one a year or close to one a year. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, it's, it's one every year instead of one every seven years. Right. Um, and again, the other beauty of your model is like you have referrals, so you're not even showing the houses. You're just kind of in, in the middle. Exactly. Right. What are you doing now? You built up all of those relationships um, from what you said in the beginning, you built a lot of them up through kind of like networking your, in the Washington market. And I'm assuming you got to a certain amount of investors in, in that market doing, you know, using those strategies. Are you continuing to try to build that database? And if so, like, what are you doing now? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have our investor database um, and it's really kind of word of mouth. So we have investors that uh, maybe come in because a friend has referred them and, and, you know, they want to scale up or they have some plans maybe for uh, using cash flow to replace a W-2, maybe retiring a spouse, maybe going part-time, um, you know, uh, I guess investors come to us for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they come to us with a 1031 need and, yeah. um, you know, maybe they're from the West coast or the East coast. And they say, you know, we hear that you can connect us with these agents and you can present properties and deals to us in other markets for us to kind of consider. Um, so yeah, we're always developing the investor side and then same with the agent side. Um, so I have a, a, a team of people that work for my company. Um, and so we have, uh, one team member that her responsibility is to lead generate for investor agents all across the country and, you know, building up our investor agent database so that we can make those connections. Um, and you know, one thing we didn't mention, Tom, of course, um, you know, it's, it's great to work with more investors and get more commissions, but also think about the impact. So for me, that was really important, you know, knowing I, I, there was maybe a, a short window where I worked with home buyers and sellers. And it, I just didn't feel like I could leave the impact or have as much of an impact as I could working with an investor, knowing that they're building uh, you know, a rental portfolio that would leave, you know, a legacy for their kids. And or a lot of the investors that we've worked with, um, you know, have, have gone part-time or essentially quit their job because they had enough uh, cash flow coming in. And so again, for me as an agent, that was very rewarding knowing that, um, you know, I could help a family essentially, um, you know, change the trajectory uh, of their life through investing in real estate. And so for me, again, that was just another benefit and just incredibly rewarding. Let's take a quick break from the episode. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. 
so then you you have the other part of your business, which is accumulating rentals for yourself, earning passive income, yes. which I think is like a necessity for every agent for a ton of different reasons. But in a nutshell, like how have you, you know, done so many deals? How have you financed them? How are you continuing to, to grow that? Because I know for a lot of people, they're like, okay, I can see how I can do the first one, but then how do I get to 10 and 20 and, and 40? Yeah. So early on, um, I would say my husband and I didn't have a lot of money to work with. And so we had to get really creative and uh, essentially really scrappy. Um, how we started is, um, you know, we would buy a property owner occupied, live there for a year, and then my husband would take a turn. Um, so on the conventional side, of course, every individual can get up to 10 conventional loans. And yeah. so we were financing separately. Um, and then we got to a point where, uh, you know, I would say we kind of outgrew that strategy. We didn't want to continue to live in half of a duplex or a fourplex. Um, and so, you know, essentially we were just buying non-owner occupied a lot of times using the Burr strategy. So essentially buying a property, let's say at auction, uh, financing it with a hard money lender, fixing it up and then refinancing it conventionally. Um, yeah. and so essentially getting all of our initial investment back. Um, at this point, of course, we're only commercial loans. Um, so it's a really exciting time. I would say over the last maybe 24 months, there are a lot of um, new lenders out there that are offering uh, asset-based asset loans or debt coverage ratio loans. Um, and so essentially, you know, you can buy these investment properties, um, either if you have the down payment or, um, you know, can, you can bring on a private lender or a partner. Um, and essentially they, they're commercial loans. They can work on residential as well. Um, but it's based on the properties qualifying versus yeah. a debt to, debt to income ratio for an individual. I think a lot of agents sometimes struggle with this self-employment status um, where, you know, the, the income is, is different every month, right? And so there's not a consistency around that. Um, of course, I believe that every agent that's making over probably $75,000 a year should operate as an S corporation and pay themselves a salary um, to save taxes. But uh, but yeah, I think it's really easy for agents, especially even if you've become a new agent, you can get one of these uh, DCR loans on investment properties. And you know they're not going to uh, have the issue with you being self-employed for a year um, or less, uh, which is where the conventional lenders have issues. Um, but in terms of the down payment, I mean, you know, I would say that on average for us, we can get a return on our initial investment in about most of the time, 24 months. So essentially we buy a property two years later, uh, there's enough equity um, or you know, if, if it's commercial, we've increased the NOI enough that we can essentially take that cash back and then use that to buy future properties. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the other thing that we've done is mentioned, um, I've used private lenders. And so we'll have a private lender you know, fund the deal add the value, maybe do the renovation and then refinance out. Um, and then I've also done some syndication as well. So essentially pooling investor funds and using that to uh, essentially fund bigger deals. Yeah. So, so, so many nuggets there. Um, I think like to me, the biggest thing um, that my takeaway and kind of what I think I, I'd like to leave with our audience is like, almost nobody gets into this having these massive amount of like financial resources to just buy up a bunch of properties. If I, you know, I, I'm sure most of you guys know my story, but this is a theme. Like if you, if you guys um, haven't watched more than a few episodes, you'll see every single person. I can't think of one person that's come on. I'm sure there's been maybe one, but 90%, 95% of the people that come on 
start out by doing exactly what Jennifer mentioned, which is being scrappy and figuring out how do we get stuff done without a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. And the great thing is that there are so many different ways to do it. And as time goes on, like she's mentioning, things get easier, right? Because, you know, your properties appreciate, now you can pull equity or you can sell or you can do this or that. There's a lot of creative ways. And as, as time goes on, as an investor, you don't necessarily need to be quite as scrappy as you were on day one. Right. Um, but you do need to start. So there's no doubt that you need to start with project number one or else you'll never get to number two. And as things start to snowball, things get easier. Um, more lenders are open up to you, different terms. People are more willing to private, you know, give you private capital and things like that. Um, so, man, you've done you've done a lot. Um, it's interesting because a lot of your story is similar to mine. But then again, a lot of your story is similar to a lot of the guests that we have on. And I, I think at the end of the day, for anybody who's on here that hasn't started to invest yet, like what, what's the biggest piece of advice that you would give to them? I mean, my recommendation would be to start with a house hack. Um, I think that that's something that's really easy um, and, and that will change your life. I think, I think the other thing is, um, you know, I think agents maybe kind of fear this a little bit because there's not um, a lot of what we're talking about, Tom, at least in my experience, isn't taught at the brokerage level. And so the agents just kind of have to figure it out. And so, you know, thankfully you have this podcast and all of your resources to share with them. Um, but I would say buy a house hack. Uh, and that could be a live in flip. That could be uh, you buy a duplex, live in one unit, rent out the other unit and kind of dip your toe in the water in becoming a landlord and seeing what that looks like. You know, live there for a year, move out, buy a nice house and then keep that, you know, duplex or whatever you bought. Um, and then from there, I would say just continue to take action. Um, I, I also think, you know, one thing we haven't touched on is the mindset. I think most agents are so used to, uh, in some ways, living commission check to commission check and or uh, chasing that commission. And I feel like that's coming from scarcity and maybe a little bit of a limited mindset, right? Um, and so the way that I put it is with every single property, maybe it's a potential listing, um, I will look at it first as, do I want to buy this? And then if not, then I'm going to list this. And yeah. so every single opportunity, I think as agents, um, we get so many deals that are coming to us just from normal activity of the business. Right. But looking at those deals differently and also considering um, the difference between a one-time commission and a lifetime of cash flow. Hmm. And so a lot of agents say, well, I could sell this deal and maybe make $20,000 in a commission. So yep. if you buy it and make, I don't know, $500 a month for the rest of your life, Right. Not to mention the ability to refinance and maybe get a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars in five years. I mean, that's a that's a big difference. And it's it's a mindset shift. And so, so I think that agents have to kind of go through that and really think about what what that might look like for them. Yeah, I love it. Well, you know, you shared so much today. You're definitely kicking butt. Um, I give you all the credit in the world for what you're doing. And I'm sure, you know, your story is going to kind of continue on. You know, I, I'm curious to see where you end up in five years. So all great stuff. I appreciate you sharing. Um, if our listeners want to learn more um, about you or get in touch with you, potentially even to, to buy a property in a, another state, 
Um, what's the best way to learn more about you or, or to, you know, reach out to you? Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are an agent that wants to work with more investors, we have a free referral program. So you can learn more at agentsinvest.com. And as, as Tom mentioned, if you're an agent and you want in on some of these deals, uh, yeah, go to agentsinvest.com, send us a message and uh, we'd be happy to help you uh, in both ways. Yeah. I, I would say, you know, the, the, the thing, you know, for me with, with that, for anybody that's listening is like, if you are not currently investing or you're just doing a little bit and you hear Jennifer's story and you're like, wow, you know, I wish I could do half of what she's done. The easiest way to do it is to get around people like her. You, you sometimes have to change your circle. And so don't be afraid to reach out to anybody who's doing this. There's always, you know, win-win synergies and people who invest want to be around other people who are either currently investing or, you know, want to invest. So uh, Jennifer, thank you for, for sharing. And um, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Tom. It's been my pleasure. Love All right, guys, guys, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Agent Investor Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Agent Investor. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincamerancoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.